Pastor Matt just called me last night and asked me to preach today. So. I'm kidding. He's far more organized. Oh, man, I want to speak this morning on the journey of faith. Because faith is a journey. And the scriptures teach us this, that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. That we all have some uniqueness. We are all individuals. And that we are physically unique. Thank God for that. We have our own fingerprints. We have our own DNA. We have our own personalities. We have our own temperaments. There's similarities, but we, we are who we are. We are all gifted. We are all talented. God has put something inside of us that's all unique and different. But there's one thing that we all have in common. And Romans 12:3 says this, that God has dealt to every man or to every person a measure of faith. Every man, every person, God has dealt to them a measure of faith. You know, I've had the fatalists tell me, it's just not in the cards for me. I didn't get one of those faith cards. But I would like to say that you did. Because the scriptures say that you did. So we have a personality. We have temperament. We have physical stuff. All that stuff's different. But there's something we have in common. We have been dealt a measure or a portion of faith. Every one of us have. Everybody has the ability to believe. Scripture says that God put eternity in the hearts of people, that, that it's in there, that this hope for something beyond the normal life that we're living is inside of us, that eternity is in the heart of humanity. And Jesus cracked that thought wide open when he explained what eternal life is. Because in John 17, 3, he said, this is life eternal, that we might know God. See, a lot of times as believers, we say, well, eternal life, we get that when we go to heaven, when we die and leave this planet. But I'd like to say that eternal life starts the day that you and I say yes to Jesus. And we surrender our lives to him. And when we surrender our lives to him, that, that faith card that you have been dealt comes alive. And you are invited on a great adventure in God. So say this with me. I have been dealt a measure of faith. You have faith inside of you. Amen? What we do with that faith has a lot to do with what happens with our future and with the future of other people. This measure of faith can be developed. It can grow. It can bring radical change to our lives. I was speaking with somebody a couple weeks ago, and they said, people don't change. I said, if you walk with God, you will change. Because the Bible says that he's not going to. And we get to interpret that. That means that we get to. Amen? See, so if we, people can change. Anybody here ever changed a little? Come on now. See, and so this, this thing of faith has four basic elements in it. 
Number one is agreement with God. That affects our mind and our mouth. We need to say what God says. And sometimes our mind has to be renewed with the word of God. And so we need to speak the word of God to our minds. We've got to say it. We need to trust God, which is our mind and our emotions or the heart part of us. That we have, to, we have to trust God with these things. We have to yield to God, which is our mind and our will. That, that involves choices that we make. And we have to obey God, which is our mind and our actions. Faith has these four elements in them all the time. We have to agree. Say that with me. Trust, yield, and obey. That, that, that's the elements that we have in faith. And so how do we handle this measure of faith? How do we handle it? It'll determine our future and the future of others. When we say yes to what God has done for us, our believer comes alive. I want to explain that. When we say yes and understand that God sent Jesus Christ to the earth to take our place, to take our sin, to take our old nature, to take our mess to the cross. When we say yes, when we understand that, that he'll take all of that stuff from you and he will forgive you and give you a brand new life, do you want it? See, that, that's when faith comes alive. It's there and it's dormant, but saying yes to God causes faith to come alive. And I know I'm talking today to about three different groups of people. I'm talking to people, you might be here and you might be saying, I'm just kind of checking this God thing out, checking this Jesus thing out, checking this church thing out. I'm just kind of in this seeking mode. Well, you are destined to become a follower because God is calling you. He's reaching out to you. Then, then there's a newbie group. You know, we just got saved and we're learning and we're growing and, and we're growing in our faith. And then, then there's a bunch of seasoned veterans that have been following God for a long time. And by the way, I happen to be one of those people now. In fact, October 1st is a pretty special day for me. Because on October 1st, 1973, I was a drunken, broken-hearted pothead, had lost hope, and was ready to just end life. And God invaded my life this day. 44 years ago, I said yes to Jesus. I got born again. I got baptized in water. I got filled with the Holy Spirit all in a 30-day time period. And I've never looked back because there's nothing to look back to. And I just want to say to God be the glory for great things that he has done. See, we need to say yes. Amen. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. Say yes to God. Say yes to his plans. Say yes to his purposes. Amen. I just want to thank you, Matt, for asking me to speak this day. (laughs) A living faith in our lives, it's an active faith, and that's what pleases God. You know, faith is not a statement that we just believe. It has that. But faith is an active pursuit of God in our lives. We're going to run after him. Faith without actions is dead. We have to take actions in our life. Hebrews 11.1 says this, that now faith. Say now with me. Because faith is now. It's in the moment that you're living in today. 
It's not just what happened to me in 1973. It's what's going on inside of me in 2017. The faith that came alive is still alive. It's still growing. It's still active. It's still running after God. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the title deed, the Amplified says. It's, it's knowing that you have it before you have it because God said it. That's what faith is. It's knowing that you have it before you have it because God said it. The NLT says that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things that we can't see. Faith is trusting and stepping out to be used by God when we are filled with hope that it will work out. And that happens before it happens, that you get hope inside, and then you get the journey of walking it out. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. I'd like you just to reiterate it. With faith, we do please him. When we say yes, we don't know what's going to happen, but we say, okay, God, yes, we're going to step out. We're going to agree. We're going to do this job change. We're going to marry this person. We're going to do what you're calling us to do. We step out into it, not really knowing what's going to be out there, but we trust you because you said to do it. When we get out there, we're going to have all the emotional battles. We're going to have all of the Mind monsters that come around and test it and try it. But we have to go back and anchor that, you know, God said it. I'm going to agree with him. And that brings him pleasure. God is pleased with that. Says he rewards those that that diligently seek after him. And so when we we look at this thing of faith, I, I want us to understand something. We don't initiate faith. God initiates our faith. It's not something that I dream up and something that I confess and something that I say is going to happen. It's God reveals himself, speaks to us, and says, come on, come and follow me, and then it comes alive inside of us because God initiates faith. Romans 10, 17 says this, faith comes by hearing. Say hearing with me. It's not speaking. Faith has a voice, and it will speak what God said. But faith comes by hearing. We have to hear the voice of God. Faith comes from hearing the word of God. That's a rhema in the Greek language, which means a a quickened word. It could be the scriptures that come alive. It It could be God speaking to you in a way that you never have heard him speak before. It could come out of your intuition. It can come in a lot of forms. But you know that you know beyond what you know that he spoke to you. And then you step out and do it. But, you know, when you get out and start doing it, you're going to walk on some water. You're going to walk through some dark places. You're going to walk through some difficult days. You're going to find out that the God who called you to do it will let you come to an end of yourself. So you realize you can't do it by yourself. You have to have him to help you. But he will help you accomplish his purposes. So faith hears the word of God, and he calls us. He calls us to salvation, which is a relationship to know him. He calls us to a purpose that this is what I have made you for. And he calls us to influence others because we are blessed, not just to be blessed, but we are blessed to be a, come on, help me. Are we awake this morning? We are blessed to be a blessing. We, we've got to be aware of that all the time. And so 
Faith comes when God reveals himself to us. There's a scripture we use in Proverbs chapter 29, 18. It says, without a vision, people perish or they wander around and, and don't find a purpose. I'd like to just imply that that vision is a revelation of God. That's what the Amplified Bible says, that God reveals himself to us. He, he shows us what we want to do. And out of that revelation of God speaking to us, vision is born. I'd just like to impose maybe that out of that revelation of God speaking to us, faith is born. And we begin to see what's out there and the potential of it, but we don't have it yet, but we know that God's going to do what he said. Faith comes by hearing. He reveals himself. He speaks to us. And he speaks to us all in unique ways because we are unique. I just had a dumb joke come to my head. I'm not going to say it. By faith, I will not say it. The journey of faith has events and processes. There's a meeting with God. There's the process of it all working out. It has events and processes. God calls people to do the impossible and then brings them to the place of yielding in realizing they cannot do what he calls them to do without him. Anybody that's a veteran in faith that's walked through some of this stuff, you understand what I'm saying. If you're learning, listen to me. Don't be afraid to take the steps because God will help you. Even when you mess up, you know what he'll do? He'll come and pick you up and say, come on, we're not done. We're going to keep going. We're going to get after this thing. There's events and there's processes. And the Bible is filled with stories of patriarchs who went on that journey of faith. And I'd like to say that this church is filled with people who have been on this journey of faith. And this morning, I want to look at the life of Abraham for a few minutes. Romans 4.11 says that he's the father of our faith. And so there are four major things that happen on this journey of faith. The first one is this, is that faith comes alive. We hear God speak to us. The second one is frustration happens. Frustration happens. Anybody here following God ever been frustrated? Come on, now tell the truth. Here's what I have to say to you. Welcome to the club. Because there's a tension in faith. There's a tension in walking it out. There's a frustration in seeing the promises of God come true in our lives. So this frustration happens when we try to do in natural ways what God wants to do in supernatural ways. We get, we get frustrated because we want to help him. The best help we can do is just surrender. The third thing that will happen is fruit. Fruit is the character that is formed in our lives in the time of delay. Because there is delay. There's always in this event and process, there's a delay between the promise given and the promise received. There's a tension in there. And in that process, fruit is formed. The character, this, this anchor 
forms inside of us because there's going to be another word from God that's going to come that's going to demand faith. And what you learned the last time, you will use the next time. The fruit. And the fourth thing is fulfillment, which brings joy and tells the story. I love to tell the stories of faith after they're finished. It's that middle tension thing that I don't like. So, Abram, he was raised in a pagan culture, a pagan culture that was filled with idolatry. He had no godly upbringing. Haley's Bible handbook does say this about Abram, that he was harassed and persecuted as a young man for not bowing down to idols. So there was something inside of him that knew what he was raised in wasn't right, but he didn't know what the right thing was. But that tension was there. And we're going to look at 12 chapters of the Bible in six minutes. We ready? Genesis 12, God calls Abram. His faith and vision is born. He hears the voice of God. God said to him, get out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, to a land that I'm going to show you. I'm going to make you a great nation, bless you, make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, curse him who curses you. And you, all the families, say families, families of the earth are going to be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 when that happened. We read through there. He just got up and went. And verse 8 says that he built an altar. He became a worshiper of God. I have heard from him. I am leaving. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to trust him. We're going to move forward. And in verse 12 through 20, we have the story of Abram heading down into Egypt for a season and lying about his wife. The man of faith, filled with vision, filled with hope, becoming a worshiper, starts lying because fear started creeping up on him. Can I encourage you? You ever been afraid trying to follow God? Listen to me. All of us have. If the father of faith had it, we're going to have it. What we got to do is learn how to process through it. And then that's frustration. Let me see that. Faith, frustration goes back and forth. Here's the next thing that happened. Him and Lot got in a big argument. We can't live in the same place. Frustration, relational problems. Anybody had relational problems following God? Yeah, why? Because God wants us to process through those things and trust him when we don't understand everything. My friend Kevin Earle says this, oh, to live above with the saints we love, that's going to be glory. To live below with the ones we know, that's a different story. (laughs) So that, that conflict. Genesis 13, God comes and speaks to him again. Verses 14 said, Abe, this land that you're in belongs to you and your descendants. And he worships again. He builds another altar. Verse 14, he's got warfare and conflict with pagan kings because he's got to go rescue Lot. Frustration. Chapter 15, God comes to him again. Hey, I haven't forgotten you. And again, in verses 1 through 6, he says the same thing again. I'm going to bless you, make you great, give your name great. And it says there in verse 6 that Abram believed God. He heard it the first time. He departed the second time, the third time. 
okay, I'm going to believe him. I am going to trust God no matter what the results are. That's what faith is. I'm going to step out. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to trust him with the results. He, he wholly committed himself. No matter what the results were, I am going to trust you. And there was a covenant made. Chapter 16, Sarai had a great idea. Abe, this ain't working. We can't get a kid made. How about you take Hagar, my maidservant, my chief of staff. You and her go get it together, and that child will be my child, and we'll raise it. You know, how'd that work out for them? That was a little problem. And so there's another source of frustration. But I, turn with me. I want you to see a verse here in the Bible. I think it's so interesting. Genesis 16. 16. Here he is. He started at 75. They're going through all this frustration. And it says, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. Chapter 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99, the Lord appeared to him again. I'm all God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. <laughs> Thirteen silent years. That literally was 13 silent years years. Here, people are they're on this journey of faith. What's God saying to you? He ain't saying nothing. What are you going to do? I'm going to keep doing the right thing because the right thing is what I'm supposed to be doing when the voice of God is silent to me. When's the last time you heard from him? Well, I heard, let's see, uh, six years ago, but I'm going to hear pretty soon. Oh, really? Yeah. So this God that called you, He's with you. Yeah, he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. We sing about it. He's with me always, even into the end of time. Well, what's he saying? Trust me. What's he really saying? Yield to me. What's he really saying? Obey me. I don't feel anything. Who said faith had feelings? It does have feelings, by the way, but it's not the dominator. The Word of God is the dominator. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. I used to read these stories and say, you know, we're living at the end of the age, so things are going to happen faster. I'm not going to have to wait 13 years. Listen. I'm doing stuff today that was prophesied over my life 40 years ago. How long are you waiting for God's promises? 20 years? 30 years? Why don't you just quit? Can't quit. Who else has the words of eternal life? Who else is going to forgive my sin? Who else is going to give me new hope? Who else is going to give me what he gives me? You understand what I'm saying? See? And so 13 silent years, that's frustration. And then God comes to him again. Abe, here I am. Says he fell on his face. And God started talking to me. And God starts saying, I haven't left you. My covenant is with you. I mean, could, could you imagine the overwhelming sensation of realizing for 13 years I've been walking in the dark. And now here he comes and he still has not changed his mind. Listen. 
A lot of people never apprehend the promises of God because they quit in the silent times. You can't quit in the silent times. You got to keep doing the right thing in the dark. Do you hear what I'm saying? You do the right thing in the dark. You follow him when you don't know everything. You keep trusting him. Then God says, okay, it's time to change your name. We're going to change it to Abraham. You're going to be the father of nations. I mean, here it is. I haven't heard from you in 13 years, and now you're coming changing my name, and people are going to say, what's your name? I'm Abraham, father of nations. Really? Well, why don't you introduce me to your son? He's not here yet, but he's coming. At 99. Sarah's 90. Come on. Let <laughs> I me mean, understand that this, there's some frustration in this life of faith. Am I talking to the right people this morning? Then he said, we're going to change Sarah's name to Sarah. She's going to be the princess. Princess. And she's going to be the mother of nations. And we, we all who read the Bible a lot say Sarah laughed when God said this. Well, 1717 says that Abraham laughed. He laughed first. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Here we go again. Okay, God. By the way, sometimes we just need to laugh. Does you good. Mary Hart does good like a medicine. It'll release some stress in your life. God has a sense of humor. He's going to use you. I mean, think about that and laugh. See? But chapter 17, you know, then it says this in verse 21, my covenant I'm going to establish with you and Sarah, and you're going to have a son at the set time. Say set time with me. Listen, that phrase is used in the Bible several times, set time. That's God's time. <laughs> Jesus came to the earth at a specific set time, when the fullness of time was come. It says in Psalms 102 that at the end of the age, there is going to be the set time, that a mighty, glorious church filled with the presence of God is going to arise in the nations because there's a set time. See, If you're living in the end times, you're living at a set time, and that set time is a time of destiny, and God is going to awaken his people, and there is going to be a mighty ingathering of souls coming into the kingdom of God, because there's a set time. See, God's time is the set time. Our time is the wondering time, the maybe time, but God said, nah, I'm not late. My friend Mike Cervello says this, God is everywhere but in a hurry, because there's a set time. And so this set time next year Chapter 18, God reveals himself again. Sarah, your barrenness is over. Abe, your impotence is healed. And it says that Sarah laughed, and the angel said, Is there anything too hard from God? Life is going to come out of your mortal bodies. Anybody here walking in the dark today? You've been on a journey of faith, and you're walking in the dark today? Come on, let's get honest. Anybody here been through the frustrations? You've been through the struggles? You've been in the quiet times? You haven't heard anything? Listen to me. I have a word from God for you today. It's not over, and it's not dead, and there is not anything too 
hard for God. He will quicken the dead places in your life and put his life inside of you, and you will have a story to tell, and it'll be an Isaac of joy and laughter and fulfillment, and it will bring faith wherever you go. God has not left you. That's all free, by the way. That's good stuff. Is there anything too hard? In chapter 21, it says, Sarah conceived at the set time. And they named him Isaac. Earlier in the promises, God said to Abe, kings are going to come out of you. David, Solomon, Rehoboam, Jehoshaphat, Hezekiah, all great, big, righteous kings came out of the genealogy of Abraham. And by the way, Mary, the mother of Jesus, who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, came out of Abraham's genealogy because Abraham just stepped out and believed God and walked through the difficult times, the frustrating times, the failing times, and he never gave up. Don't ever give up. Say that with me. Lessons learned in this thing. What do we learn on this journey of faith? What God initiates, he accomplishes. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. What God initiates, he accomplishes. The years of frustration and failure are the years of growth and development. See, we think frustration... We think failure. God says, man, I'm making a mighty man here. I'm making a mighty woman here. There's going to be another test, and there's going to be another trial, and they're not going to fail. They're going to go through it with flying colors. We watched it in Abram's life because later God said, I want you to take Isaac up to the hill, and he never even hesitated. In fact, Hebrews says that he knew that if he sacrificed him, God would raise him from the dead because the promise of God would not fail. See, in your years of frustration and in your years of failure, those are the years of growth and development. See, when they came to an end of themselves, that's the beginning of God. How many are at the end of yourself today? Come on, listen to me. That means that God is about to step on your scene and paint a whole new picture, and it's going to be his perspective about how things are going to work out. Amen? See, their faith grew when they didn't know it. You might think it's not growing, I'm stagnant, on and on and on. I'm here to tell you something. Your faith is growing when you don't even know it. He'll help you. They never gave up because God wouldn't let them give up. And their obedience to God left a legacy for others to build their lives upon. Listen to me. Your Obedience to God leaves a legacy for other people to build their lives upon. It does. So in the middle of what you think is failure, in the middle of what you think is frustration, God says, I'm writing a story in your life, and you're going to leave a legacy to your children, to your grandchildren. You're going to leave a legacy wherever you are. You are going to leave an imprint for the glory of God in the kingdom of God, because you're on this journey of faith and that you said yes to God. And listen to me, blessings multiply. I'm going to bless you, make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. In fact, in you, Abram, every family on the earth is going to be blessed. We are blessed because of Abram's faith. 
it leaves it. Blessings multiply. So how, how do we develop this measure of faith? We need to saturate ourselves with the word of God. We need to get into the stories of the Bible. We need to read them. We need to pray them. We need to meditate in them. We need to get inside of them. We need to let them get inside of us. People say, I don't have time. I would like to say, yes, you do. Shut off Facebook. Come on now. Shut off the news. Shut off everything else and get saturated in the word of God. We have time to get into the word of God. How many had to milk cows before you came to church this morning? Come on. How many had to get the washboard out? We live in a push-button society. We can push a button. It does all the work. We have time. I'll move on. Saturate yourselves. Become a seeker of God. Pray. Meditate. Dream. Find people who walk with God and drive them crazy until they will pour into your lives. Rattle their cages. Tell me about this. Teach me about this. I'll buy your lunch. Help me. There are people sitting in this church that would help you if you would ask them. Well, they didn't ask me. You're the one with the need. Come on. You ask them. Well, they might tell them you know. They might, but they might not. And they might help you. You understand what I'm saying? you got to get around people who've walked this walk, done this journey, and rattled their cage until they help you. There are people that will help you. Oh, nobody cares. That's a lie. Become a seeker. And do what Abraham did. Listen to me. Get this one. Abe, I want you to get up and leave. You've got to leave your past to get embraced by your future. I am not the pothead drunk that was lost and brokenhearted at 24 years old. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. My identity is not wrapped up in what I was. My identity is wrapped up in who I am in Christ. I could sit back there and have a pity party about those 24 wasted years and absolutely live there my whole life, or I can get up and say yes to God and leave my past and be apprehended for that thing that I've been apprehended for. Get out of your past. You are not an orphan. You are a child of God. You don't have a bad father. God is your father. Abe's father was an idolater. Abe's father became God. God directed him. God helped him. God renewed him. God restored him. God fulfilled him. And the same God that worked with Abraham will work with you because he is the living God. Get up and leave your past and get embraced for your future because it's a great adventure of faith. You got to do it. You got to leave your past. Start agreeing with God and trusting him and yielding to him and obeying him. October 1st, 1973, I said, yeah. First one in my family, one of six kids. Parents didn't know God, wasn't raised in a Christian home. Today, all of them but one have bent their knee to Jesus, got one left 
led my parents to Jesus, preached at my dad's funeral, preached my mom's funeral, watched my brother get saved at my mom's funeral. Come on, listen to me. you got to say yes to God. 1975, God spoke to me. Leave my family, leave my friends, leave everything I knew. Leave sunny Florida and go to Portland, Oregon to go to Bible college and submit and learn. God spoke to me in such a plain way that I couldn't not go. I had to go. People say to me, who do you know there? Nobody. What are you going to do there? I'm going to trust God. Why are you doing this? Because he told me to. He told me to. I was so sure that he told me to that I, I, I would have been sinning if I didn't do it. So I left. I remember hugging my mom and dad, telling them I loved them. And and my dad had some tears in his eyes. And I said, Dad, what's the matter? He said, when people go off to the Northwest, they don't come back here. I spent the next summer, I came back and spent that summer with him. And he passed away the next year. So we had that memory. My dad heard me preach one time in Assembly of God Church. And he told people that if he didn't live another day, that his life was full because God had done something in one of his sons. See, out of that act of obedience, my life has been blessed beyond measure because when I got to Portland, there was this cute little blonde girl there that somebody told was none of my business. I said, who's that blonde girl? And they said, she, he said, she's none of your business. Well, I've been trying to make her my business for over 40 years. I'm still on the adventure of faith. But see, out of that came three children who are all leaders in their spheres of influence who now have children and grandkids that are coming up. Out of that came relationships that have been all over the world preaching and teaching and thousands and thousands and thousands of people touched by prophetic ministry. Why? Because I just said yes. It was a step of faith. Out of it came this church. Out of it came the destiny of the future of this church. Matt, you are going to have vision that I've never had in my life. And I'm telling you, you listen to me, City Church. God is going to birth a fresh vision in this house. And you are going to do more than I ever thought or dreamed about. Why? Because blessings multiply. And there's a multiplication coming on this church. And you will rise up and people will follow you too to do great things for the kingdom of God. You will change this city because of the blessing of God in your life. Listen to me. God is for you. He is with you. I'm just one, one small voice for the kingdom. I want to tell you something. So are you. So are you. You could be in frustration. God's not mad at you. You could have failed. Listen to me. God's not mad at you. You could have lied to Pharaoh. God is not mad at you. He's calling you. He's saying, get back up. I'm going to help you. You couldn't do this without me anyhow, so let's just get yielded. Let's just get obedient. Let's do the little things every day. Let's, let's do them when nobody else is looking. And the day will come, listen to me, when the conception will happen and the Isaac will be born and you will hold the joy of the fulfillment of the Word of God in your lives. Because God will help you. He's calling you. Get back up and walk in your new identity. You're going to go further. You're going to influence more. 
There's a blessing of God on this house. You're blessed to be a blessing to this city and state, nation, nations of the world. That card of faith, listen to me. Don't neglect it. Develop it. You can hear from God. He'll talk to you. He'll make his word come alive. If you have to make a difficult decision, he'll help you make that difficult decision. If you mess it up, he's going to help you anyhow. The worst thing you can do is nothing. Let's stand together. If you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've you've been poking around this thing. Today, you could have the Holy Spirit talking to your heart, knocking on the door of your heart, saying, come on, say yes to me. Let me encourage you. It's the best decision you'll ever make in your life. You could be a believer here today, and you've been through these cycles that we're talking about. Listen, the Lord wants to help you get touched and connected with Him. We're going to sing a song, and then we're going to give an opportunity for prayer.
Can't wait to see you next Sunday.